I can't take any of this seriously unless I know who I'm talking to. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Happy Saturday, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. And we're delighted once again of a Saturday to be working with our buddy, tall guy, Nathan Miller. Nathan, how are you today, sir? Good, Mary. Good morning, Gary and Suzanne. Doing pretty well. And you're lucky I'm here because I thought about staying home to save a few bucks on gas. What is it up to in the Seattle area? In our area, I think the cheapest... uh, you can probably find it as around a mid lower four dollars, so like four fifty ish. Oh, that's and not bad. Averages maybe around four eighty a gallon. Yeah, not as bad as like in California, but definitely not as good right. as in like the Midwest or central parts of the United States. Uh, generally, the South has cheap gas prices. They have low t- lower taxes, and so gas is generally not that much in the South. But what what are we're we're paying in the low fours, I think now. Mm-hmm. Closely, if you go to Costco, you'll get a little bit of a price break. Yeah, that's uh, where I like there. to go to. Sounds good to me. Well, we're always happy to have you with us. Uh, I tall, you... tall guy, Nathan, tell, tell us about basketball. <laughs> Are you watching any basketball? <laughs> I did see that. Uh, who is it? Was it Miami or some uh, college just went to the Elite Eight for the first time? That's ever. Miami. Yeah, That's Miami. Miami. So really happy yeah. for them. Uh, and usually the around Saint- the... Around the final four is when I really start to get into it because that's when you get all the big teams, you know, playing against each other and not as many blowouts and really highly competitive games. I want to see how it goes tomorrow for the St. Peter's Peacocks. The St. Peter's Peacocks (laughs) rated number 15 are in the Elite elite Eight. First time in tournament history, a 15 seed has made it to the Elite Eight. Wow, congratulations to them. And they're stunned and amazed with less than 3000 people going to the school, Ooh. <laughs> which means a significant percentage of them are on Play the basketball. basketball team. So well, that's anyway. a lot of upsets for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to have a good time today. Nathan, always good to see you, buddy. We are definitely looking forward to one of our first time guests. Yes. And you we and I, Suzanne, like to call that a get to know you interview. Yep. Yep, yep. And you were making questions and notes. I yes. didn't interfere and you let me in my little cubicle come up with some questions and topics here. So much to cover when you're talking to a lady like Mary Marshall, also known as the paranormal MD, and that will bear some explaining in due course. But let me say this much. This is the very least you, you need to know about Mary Marshall. Medium Mary Marshall is a collegiate paranormal educator. I'm going to say that again. Medium Mary Marshall is a collegiate paranormal educator. Mary helped institute and develop one of the first paranormal studies programs in the country that is taught at an institute of higher education. Wow. Remarkable. She is a paranormal investigator and researcher with over 20 years of experience. Mary has appeared as an investigator, expert commentator, and researcher in the documentary on the uh, Wisconsin Bigfoot, I believe it is, Finding Jay is another program, and the docuseries The Shadow Dimensions, as well as other television and webisodes shows, shows of all kinds. There's so much technology where you can get the word out anymore. 
She is a renowned psychic medium, quite popular. I know that for a fact. People I know in the community say, oh, you're going to have Mary Marshall on? Oh, she's cool. I met her one time. She is the author of the book Continuum, which we will discuss. She is a lecturer, and it is fair to say she is a parapsychology enthusiast. And so for the first time on Manson Mitchell, we are glad to present Mary Marshall. Mary, how are you doing today, my dear? Hello, I'm doing well, and thank you for having me on. This is oh, exciting. Oh, you're welcome. Did I deliver with enough enthusiasm? Because I thought I was just about to go over the edge there. I mean, you have to keep it real, you know? You, you did that. It was, I liked your little, uh, in when you injected your own little personal things. It made me feel good. So thank you. Great way to start my Saturday. Here we go. You're quite welcome. Uh, I read the bio, Suzanne. Why don't you begin the questioning portion of our hour? Well, I already asked her about where she's from because we are both Illinoisans are you outside, yield outside the Chicago area. This is like Congress. You're going to yield know. the balance of your time. I will yield the balance of my time All to right. Mary Marshall. Um, I did want to ask you about this MD thing. You're calling yourself the paranormal MD. Now, how does the medical field feel about you're calling yourself a medical MD? Where did that come from? Well, here's the thing. When it, it's actually was my initials when I started MD oh. were my initials. Okay. And it was just this thing. It was a whole comedy. This is going back like, God, to over 20, 25 years ago. So I was like, really, when I get started, it was like, oh, this, this internet thing, I, I guess I better get like a website up and, you know, that kind of thing. It all started back when. And it was a joke in my family because they were saying your my name was with a D my last name was Danny. So it was, you're the paranormal. Oh yeah. You're paranormal for sure. Calling me paranormal. Like I'm odd. <laughs> and so, and even by, and then it was by coincidence that added to this where it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, by accident, I got license plates that were DR doctor like for doctor and so it was just this whole kind of it was a fun thing at the time I had no idea I was going to be doing what I'm doing in the field um I was just this little website with some information and was just having fun because there's no such thing obviously as a medical doctor for paranormal um, should be should be but, though <laughs> but, but in a weird way oddly and probably the closest thing you're going to get to that you know what i mean because yes. they, they don't have bodies so i'm taking care of the, the you know attention to the souls so excellent that's beautiful nathan we have a, what a call on line one from the american medical association <laughs> they want to take this up with you well that's that's great mary and i do thank you for that explication I, from your background i will say that i have contemplated multiple times, because I explained this repetitively, obviously, over the years now, um, of changing and getting rid of it. But everybody knows me that way. You yeah. know, you've been doing this for over 20 years. That's, I, if I say somebody, Mary Marshall, they immediately follow it with the paranormal MD, you know, because I do all the science stuff too. So, well, you've got a good brand there. Let me ask you about the, uh, one of the big questions in a get to know you interview that we have nature or nurture were you born an intuitive and were seeing ghosts from a very early age when you were still potty training 
Or was this something that you were educated on and developed as you matured? It was natural. Um, and I naturally fought it for most of my life as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think early on, it wasn't so much seeing ghosts. That happened in the teens. Um, but it was intuitiveness. And that was a, probably the original. And then by the teens experiencing things and then having what, because I was just uneducated to the field, having what I called day visions back then. Hmm. And they were, and I, and part of it, I will say the fighting, just to explain that, is when you grow up in a family that uh, has a lot of people who, for religious re reasons, find mm -hmm. it objectionable sure you you keep it quiet sure. yep and i really did not go public with this until the last few years um i used it certainly privately on investigations and cases and a handful of people here and there knew mm -hmm. but um i wanted i never thought i would be doing it with you know giving readings for people um, and the really cool part that I think has been come full circle is when I started, there were not all these, uh, as I call them, pay and play haunted locations that people can go to for investigating and whatnot. We did all home cases. We were really helping people. And you have to learn to be very sensitive and thoughtful with your words because these are people's homes. They're frightened. And, and you're helping them. The full circle is, is that as more people got into the, you know, Waverly uh, Hills Sanatorium, Ashmore Estates, these, these places where you pay to go, um, the home cases became less because you could trip over a paranormal investigator these days. And so now I've kind of come back home to where I'm helping people just like when I started. And that's what I like. I like that part. I would like to ask you, Mary, since this is our get to know you interview, and I'm sensing all the positive energy already, I, we've got a vibe going here. And I just <laughs> want to riff off of that if I can. And it would be to ask you, which location, what kind of structure, what sort of results did you get the first time you went out, whether amateur or professional, to do an actual haunting investigation? Um, you know, the first time that I went out, I just, you, you did go out with friends. Um, and then the first time I went out with a team that I had joined, it was pretty similar in that I have to admit as much as obviously the topic interested me, I wanted to get into what were known haunted locations because I wanted to see how I was faring on the mediumship side of things. And because it for at the time it frightened me, I'll be honest, it frightened me because I felt very vulnerable and didn't have confidence or, or protections or trust. So the first time I think when I went out with friends, it was probably a little scary. Um, not because I necessarily felt always threatened, but here's the thing a lot of uh, mediums don't mention. And psychic mediums is when 
you connect, you are dealing with different frequencies, different energy levels. And at that time, I was still at a really low level. So the first thing you're going to pick up is all the really negative, bad stuff. Mm. Wow. So that's was, and I I did have a really bad attachment um, that was very destructive. And that kept me even longer from getting into the parapsychology side of things for myself personally. How then, if I may follow up, how did you separate yourself successfully, I'm quite sure, from this entity that was threatening your project and your growth? In, I had, I was already actually, because I've been teaching now the classes at uh, the colleges for probably about 12 or 13, 12 years now um, and started it before that. The reason I brought that up is that... Um, Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Could you repeat the question? I literally just drew a blank. <laughs> That's okay. It's, uh, it's happened to me. It's it definitely, so it will, sorry. it will happen. Well, let me put it in a different way. This attachment, when you were there oh. and you were confronted with this, I mean, did it say something to you? Like, you know, I'd get away with it, except for you meddling kids or something like that. <laughs> Was there a lighthouse well, involved? There was a reason I brought up, um, I'll, and I'll circle back. The reason I brought up the classes is because in one of the ghost and spirit entity classes, I brought in a Ojibwa um, high pipe keeper and shaman and became friends with him. This is who I tapped into eventually for help. The problem with this attachment is, is because you're working as a paranormal investigator and you think you know all these things. I got it. I, this, I can handle it. And it was getting worse. And I was getting so um, oppressed that I couldn't dig myself out. And this is why I tapped in initially to a shaman to help relieve some of this attachments, you know, that I had. Um, As far as what it did, it was in my house that I had purchased and moved out of. And it tended to follow. it was to the point where things had gotten so bad that it was basically just systematically destroying things in my life that I wouldn't even admit because I'm a very logical, analytical person too, you know, so I have the two sides going, oh, no, no, it's not this. It's, it's, it's just, you know, bad luck. It's just, I lost my home. I lost my job. I lost my health. It was just down, down, down. And this is very common for negative attachments like this Mm. um, because they try to isolate you and bring you down into such a level that you become even easier to manipulate and with there was a point and here's and this is the the my the ending of in a sense not the ending but the sad part of the story which was um which was that I was literally on the floor crying, just, you know, all just life is horrible. All these things are going wrong. And I had just had a completely unexplainable. It wasn't even an argument. It was just, just, that's the other thing. It'll go for relationships, something that had happened. And there was this angel that I had kept and my brother came, was there and he goes, Oh, you know, honey, are you okay? And he looks and he sees this, this angel and he goes, did you, 
but he looks behind me and goes, did you do that? Like thinking somehow I was distraught and I did this. There was an angel and it was turned backwards to the wall. Oh my God. And I looked up and through the tears, remember saying to him, just, I'm like, no, and this is bad. This is really, really bad. And that's when I finally went, I need to get some extra outside help Hmm. and did. And so I think that that weakness, if you will, created a strength in me as I moved forward and came out of that and became more diligent in protecting my own energy. Um, And that was really oddly after it was several years, but then moved forward from that and started uh, looking into the, um, you know, psychic medium side of things more and had encouragement as well from outside people that helped. Because I think the biggest thing for people is trust and confidence. And without those, um, you'll, you'll struggle. And I wanted to make sure that I was really, really good at what, at doing this before I got involved in reading people I mean, you've got people in a very vulnerable, emotional state many times, and you better be darn sure you know what you're doing. That, that was my attitude, you know, and still is. It's interesting that um, this idea about the, the negative frequencies some years ago, the very, 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 very first medium I ever met said that when she opens up, she said, when I look in one direction, it's all very positive. When I look in the other direction, it's very negative. So I have to make sure that I'm keeping my eye on the positive and, and don't give any, any, um, any time or attention to the negative. And another medium much more recently we've talked to uh, quite a few who have said, you know, that they definitely do things to protect themselves, that protection is so important when you're an intuitive. And I was talking to a, a medium friend of ours and telling her a circumstance under which I, I was really taking on other people's negative energies. And she said, if you think the conversation is going to go a particular way, or if you think you're going to take on someone else's sadness, she said, before you get on the phone, you know, just say a little prayer, put a little white light around yourself so that even people who don't claim to have extraordinary talents in that area can still protect themselves against those negative frequencies. And I guess now for some years, I have been looking at everything as being a matter of energy and vibration and frequency. And where is my vibration? You know, I need to keep that up in order not to let things get at me. And I imagine that's a lot of what you have to go through, protecting yourself. You know, I, first of all, I love hearing you say that because the, it, the, you know, another thing too, I'm teaching a lot from the science perspective about the paranormal at the colleges. I talk a lot about energy, but I'm referencing things like, uh, you know, quantum physics, quantum entanglement, 
talking about uh, superposition, all these things that can give you other, you know, explanations to paranormal type activity, which is including psychic mediumship and just energy, it's energies. Um, there has been some incredible experiments that have been done at other universities like Cornell University, MIT, so on and so forth around the world, focusing on the energy. Um, and every single person should be putting up in their mind's eye, if you will, that type of protect, protection. And that can be done through vis visualizations and things like that. Um, right. When you're talking about like your, your own energies and, and, you know, feeling like you're taking things on, people just don't take the time to center. And I know this is probably an overused word, but ground themselves um, and pay attention to just like you said, starting to realize going, oh, wait, I'm taking, I'm picking up other people's energies. Another thing is, is if you are a married person or you are a person who shares a bed with another person, you have to think that in this free form sleep state, you are exchanging a lot of energies through the night. So if you have a toxic relationship or, or possibly marriage, that can affect you without even the obvious, you know, of argument right. type things. Mm. Um, and you're right. I totally wow. agree with the first comment that you'd said where she said that they're there. I remember having an experience many years ago in my house, minding my own business, and I start seeing these little dark shadows sliding along the wall. And it was just small and gone. And it was to that point to where I'm like sitting there, nothing's on, sitting on the couch and I'm just waiting. Like, okay, come on, come on. And I stood up and they had a low, uh, low lamp. So it was, you know, it was almost like you almost had a duck a little bit to get under it. So this light was there, something dark, completely black, got in my face and bl literally blocked out my view. All I could see was black. Wow. If somebody was in the house, they would have thought I was a crazy person because I'm swatting like it's a beehive, you know, like, ah, what is this, you know? But then the message came, which was, these were menacing. These were very low level. And I'm going to use the word demonic and I'll explain that in a minute, demonic entities that are just menacing. They're there. They're always there. Oh, and, interesting. And so it is exactly that kind of thing is there are always there, but don't give them the attention because if you give them the attention, you're literally feeding them that energy. Now that doesn't mean that you're not going to come across anything bad, especially if you're a paranormal investigator like I do. So you're going into a lot of unknown and uncertain locations, but you still can separate the two on that. And just for the, anybody listening, when I use the term demonic, what I am talking about is a set of characteristics and behavior that best, um, that Christian type demonic, how their explanation is most closely uh, relates to that. 
So, because a lot of people, you've got people who are atheists and people who are not Christians and they're like, ah, this demon stuff. Well, here's the thing. The behavior and the characteristics match that. That's what I'm going to call it. You can call it whatever you want, but I guarantee you there's some really, really bad things out there and they can hurt you, not just on an emotional or mental level, but even on a physical level as well. You know what I'd like to do, Suzanne? And Mary, this is just absolutely the bomb. I love it. There's so many ways we can go. It's just like we've entered the super highway of parapsychology and the paranormal. And that's a good thing. We only take one break every hour. It's a brief one. Why don't we take it now? Because I have three or four questions that are just dancing in my head right now. And I can't wait to get to them. Sounds good to me. Excellent. Mary Marshall is our guest. She is a renowned medium. She is a a researcher, an investigator, a lecturer. She is one of those people to whom society owes a debt of gratitude, in my opinion, because she is seeking in her own way and through her professional career to bring together science and the metaphysical, the spiritual, even the religious, and to see if there is common ground or at least enough of a conversation to be had to move these fundamental questions forward closer to an answer because they've always been with us throughout human history and we're still trying to figure out what happens to us when we die what kind of universe is this anyway and mary marshall has at least some tentative answers based on her deep exploration of these subjects we'll get into that we'll jump into that pool once again after a brief break we are manson mitchell and you are tuned in to seattle's am 1150 the home of alternative talk we'll be right back Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. 
Manson Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Mary, Mary. Mary, what? just like that. <laughs> Off they go. God bless the monkeys. Welcome yeah. to awesome. Manson Mitchell. And I, abs- I believe that song was written by Michael Nesmith, who recently passed into the next realm, the next dimension of life. And that song, interestingly enough, Mary, I don't even know if she's interested at all in this, but I'll just tell her <laughs> I maybe you know already that Mary Mary is a crowd favorite whenever the monkeys would tour. And, you know, when the show was over and they had stopped recording their albums, they'd go on these nostalgia tours. People wanted to hear Mary Mary, a fantastic song. I loved being able to play that for you. And I don't know why they didn't release it as a single. It was, on, it, it, it was on their best-selling album, which sold millions of copies with months at, at the top of the charts, only to be knocked off back in 1967. It was more of the monkeys. It was on that album, never released as a single for, I have no idea why they would, it would have been number one or certainly top 10. And that album was only felled from its lofty perch by the release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Wow. The monkeys were popular. Wow. You know, it, I, I have, there's been a couple, and that was one of the songs. I don't know when that came, you know, like where that song came up, but I do know the monkeys. Yeah, sure. Of course they're they're They were awesome, but I'm surprised they didn't release that as a single. If it was I mean, that just, popular. I love it. <laughs> I've done more now than a clear thinking man would do. I just, that is just a line for the ages. <laughs> so here we are with Mary Marshall. Mary, Mary, before we move on, I want to make sure before we get too much into the conversation again, that we do let people know how it is that they can connect with you. If you have a website, social media, anything like that, this is the time that we like to throw that in. The best way is to go through theparanormalmd.com. Um, and on there, it pretty much kind of lists the classes, the uh, a lot of information too, by the way, on different types of paranormal phenomena so that people can kind of look to maybe they might get some answers that way. Um, you know, plus the um, events schedule and all that system mediumship thing you can do that there i know i'm starting to feel like a one-stop shop over here like here <laughs> go to this website and you can get a reading you can get a lecture you can get a book you there can you get go. <laughs> the paranormal that's the place to go to find mary marshall and see what it is that she's about and what she's doing if you would like to connect with her absolutely mary i have a, a another question for you I want to get more into your mediumship. Now you've developed it. Now you've made a name for yourself. I am curious to know, because I am not a medium, I've had some paranormal experiences there, chiefly in the homes I've been in, shared with Suzanne. And here where we moved to Sarasota, Florida, I've had a number of things happen. And I'll get to that in a moment. One thing happened last night that kind of freaked me out in a good way. I hope it happens again. But in the meantime, here you are. Medium Mary Marshall, have you ever brought through someone under whatever circumstances who was an avowed atheist in life and then died 
and found out that you don't really die. And they had to say something like, didn't expect this to happen. No, that'd be the short answer. The, the little bit longer is if that was the case, then I was not being made aware of it from either end, meaning from the party I was reading or from the deceased person. I have actually had uh, some of the other ciders, as I call them, <laughs> um, that were of, I know various, you know, like in this life, religious beliefs. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, and, and not particularly for that, as far as the, the religious, I have come across people who have passed who were not very nice people in this life. Um, and I've had a couple different with that. One is they may have been um, still in a very, learning process, if you will, on the other side, and some that ha were already evolving past that, this human experience. You have fed into one of my big questions today that I had for you. And that has to do with people who go to the other side, they pass through this life. When they are on the other side, They'll see the big picture. They'll look back. They'll have an opportunity to return, perhaps. And what I'm wondering is, do you have a sense about trajectories of good and bad? If somebody is, is a, a fairly good person on this side, and then they are going to have another life here, are they continuing to be a, a good person if a person has been over here and committed a lot of abuses and crimes against people, do they go to the other side and then come back here and figure out how to do more of that? Is there a trajectory for evil or badness in the same way that there might be for goodness? Or is it possible that somebody would say, well, you know, I tried being good. Now I think I'm going to be really bad. Or I tried being bad. Now I'll be good. Would there be opposites or would you repeat subsequent lives along the same kind of a path? How's that for a question? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think here's the thing. One of the things that I actually do teach as part of the ghost and spirit entities class is about culture and was kind of lecturing, trying to get people in the field to pay more attention to this. Here's why, why I brought up the culture, because culture in its simplest terms means what a group of people know and do. It encompasses more than just, uh, it, yeah, obviously your personality, but your beliefs your, your religious beliefs, your values, your morals, all of those things. If you want to understand your entity, whether this be investigating or even as a medium, you need to understand people where their perspective is coming from. Because for instance, if somebody um, was Vietnamese and died in Vietnam, according to their beliefs, you have to be buried a certain way. If you are not your family, your deceased family is going to be very angry and they're going to let you know this, that they are not happy. 
And they are going to, because they're doomed to wander the earth forever because they were not buried properly. So the reason this becomes important is just like we do here as the living every single day, we have a belief system and we make choices and we act accordingly. The same thing will is true for those who have passed over. They are going to act accordingly to what their belief system is. So if you can be darn sure that if somebody believes that, oh, this is going to happen when I die, this is at least going to be their initial response. If they, you still always have a choice. You have choices just like you do here. You have choice. That's your soul. Your soul is speaking, has that same choice on the other side. So if you want to open and expand and try to look beyond, you can do that but that does not necessarily mean that a person is going to do that. Taking one thing to a left of this, just to turn left for a moment, is going back to the negative. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've been trying to talk more about in lectures, again, just for people in the field to kind of have that conversation themselves, is we tend to think about like if you have something really, really bad, like a demonic possession, right? What makes us think that after the person is dead, that they are released? That dark energy was never after the body. It was controlling and manipulating the body. It was after the energy of the soul. That is going to carry over with them to the other side. You have people who are really, really bad people. Maybe there is no uh, possession, but there is an oppression going on that we wouldn't know about. Who do we think when they get to the other side is going to try to buddy up to them right away? It's going to be the dark, the dark side. I'll just say it that way. Right. The dark side. So you have entities that can come back and forth that are not only just human entities or demonic entities, but demonically possessed human entities. And because that's the same thing that can happen to us here in this life, it happens right. on the other side. Well, you really did answer my question because if, if somebody is oppressed on this side with dark energies, they've made some choices. They've done some things that, uh, didn't serve themselves or humankind, then they pass away, then those dark energies would also be attracted to their frequency. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a better person when they come back, they could be just as bad when they come back. And again, there is a matter of choice involved in that. But that that it was a question I thought about you know, you're saying they don't actually, you know, that doesn't all just drop away on the other side. And I can see that if, if you are extremely negative here, you pass away, then you're going to attract that negativity on the other side as well. That's, that's the frequency that you're at. Yeah. Well, and you know what, and that also can help explain, like some people have some experiences where um, some pretty intense activity 
you know, physical activity of, you know, chairs getting up and flipping over and, you know, more than just the book coming off the shelf type of thing, but something more dramatic Mm -hmm. is that it does not have to indicate something that's demonic. It can just be a demonically possessed human, which in fact gives them more energy to manipulate with than Mm. your standard, you know, grandma, grandpa, ghost, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. I had an experience of one, it turns out of several, because for the longest time I had nothing I could describe as paranormal. And since then I've had some weird stuff going on, but I like it. In my case, I'm fortunate. I don't feel threatened by any of it. In fact, my family comes to visit me, it seems. And Suzanne's cool with that as long as they aren't being awakened by the oven timer going off at two o'clock in the morning when she's in bed, which happened. It used to go off all hours, day or night, all on its own. We never even baked anything. We moved here in the summer of 2011. We weren't about to turn on the oven and bake anything. It was too hot there. But this oven timer kept going off and it was the kind where you could physically shut it off. It wasn't digital. And this would go on and on and on and on. And uh, finally, you know, Suzanne said, I'm getting kind of tired of this. It's all hours, day or night, unpredictable. You know, I wish they'd stop doing it. So for a couple of weeks, nothing. And this had been a regular occurrence. And so hmm, there and I thought, you know what, if there really is something to this, I don't want to be rude to my family members because I was told by a local medium and personal friend that I actually had relatives, including my paternal grandmother they were showing up that was a little portal for them to let me know they're around and you know just to maintain that loving connection so before bed one night i said a little prayer i said my family members you love me and you show up here for me i love you too don't pay any attention to what suzanne's saying you know you're my relatives you're welcome here just you know we'll just kind of keep it on the down low and i went to bed this was about 11 30 at night Quarter after five in the morning, the oven timer goes off. And Suzanne puts a well-placed elbow right in my rib cage. And she says, they're your relatives. You get up and turn it off. <laughs> I love and that. I didn't. And here's the thing that eventually, because we had to switch out ovens, we remodeled the kitchen. So we got one with a digital timer. Love the oven, but there's nothing happening there with this digital timer. And if it did go off, I wouldn't even know how to uh, turn it back off again. So with all that going on, I thought, hmm, and I put it into the ether. What would be manipulable? If you were a self-respecting ghost and you wanted to uh, touch base with a loved one, what might you be able to do around here with what we have? I didn't bring anything new in there. I just went to bed just last night, Mary just last night in anticipation of your appearance today. And I turned off this light, which was a lovely light that just has a little, you know, knob that you turn night off. Light. Just a night light in the bathroom, in the hall. And we had our door open, you know, and I'm there and it's uh, past midnight. And what happens, but the light for the second time in two weeks, by the way, this night light, which was purchased at the Frank Lloyd Wright home in Oak Park, Illinois, as a matter of fact, lovely little light, it turned itself on and it's shining in the hallway, this yellow glow. And uh, I thought, well, there it is again. And I just looked at it for a couple of minutes. And before I could get over to the bathroom to shut it off, it shut itself off. Oh my gosh. I love that. 
And it was in tune with my thought that if there is a way, if something is physically manipulable, then it would be wonderful to have my loved ones or whichever spirits are attracted here. Because as I say, I don't feel threatened by them. This is all a kind of a positive, loving vibe there. I would love for them to let me know. And twice in two weeks, this has happened with something that you could turn off. And now they figured out how to turn it off as well as on, apparently. So I'm going to ask you, because I don't know if you know any of the history of the house that you're in, um, because I'm trying to do this, you know, really quick on the fly, (laughs) but um, is that I, before you actually went into the story, I think you had said something, I'm picking up something and this is, I'm trying to gauge the age here, but I'm going to say like, it came to my mind, 36 years old or younger male um that is responsible for this so now here's my question is this possibly does that resonate with you with a family member or is this somebody belong to the house i was thinking recently once again as i have from time to time about my cousin who died of colon cancer at the age of 36 Okay, that's who it Male is. Male cousin. That's who it is. I don't think it's anybody attached to the house. It's an no, over 55 community. I actually, yeah, I, I always, <laughs> there you go. He, uh, because it was, a, and it was a very, um, I'm going to use this word, and I don't mean this in a dis- disrespectful way, but very benign, just, you know, no, there's not, it's not like it was just good, nothing bad whatsoever picked up. And that it was a 36 year old, uh, like I said, or possibly at the time younger, but 36 year old male. And the interesting thing was, is the first word I wrote down was, uh, there's a young gentleman. And so it, again, is somebody that's good. That's who it is. Because if I'm hitting that age like that, uh, and the description of him just a nice young guy, you know, I, I mean, I guess young is relative, right? If you're 20, he's old, but <laughs> when you're 40, 36 is young. Exactly. You know? It's like, <laughs> yes. And he will come to mind from time to time. I would have seen him when I was extremely young. I mean, before five years of age, but there was the family connection and those bonds don't dissolve so easily. So, and once in a while I would think about him and his untimely passing, as far as I was concerned, you know, colon cancer, and you die at 36. It's, that's so tragic. That's very sad, yeah. But I felt that, okay, there's a kinship there. So this actually doesn't surprise me as it might otherwise. I'm glad you said that, Mary. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, it's like one of those, sometimes you're trying to stay in with, like, I'm talking to you, but it was like, well, while you're talking, I'm just going to see if I, anything comes through. And and he did. So that was a really good thing. He's not. He's not again, just really light. It's a very light, it's almost like, um, I probably should take up the time on this, but we could probably do this privately. I should do this privately with you. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. There's so many things to talk about with There you. are. And I, I've got another question I'd like to ask you. And that is, um, I'm very curious about the fact that you are teaching classes in this material because um, you know, there's just such a small handful of 
universities and colleges and schools that are teaching this. I mean, we know a lot of them. Um, and, and so my question is, um, as far as having this metaphysical information disseminated on, in an educational way, do you think that you are um, bringing it into the culture the way that it has been brought in through television with Ghost Whisperer and Medium and Ancient Aliens and all that kind of stuff? Are we getting to a tipping point where it is going to be universally more accepted and not be considered, you know, out on the skinny branch? Well, here's, that's kind of interesting because I totally know what you're saying about the conversations of things. Um, one of the reasons that I didn't mention early on, because there's all, a lot of times there's always multiple reasons, right? Instead of just one, that I also tended to stay away from trying to go public for a long time with the mediumship um, is because I did teach a lot on the sciences. Now you, I'm getting, I literally have had in one class, as you find out, because some of these originally started out with like eight week classes, so, you know, six and, the, and so on. And then I started breaking them down into little workshops and doing some internet stuff. But one of the things with that is, is when you're dealing with pretty much any of this type of topic matter, um, you have people who are coming in. I've had two atheists, a couple Catholics, uh, somebody who most closely identified with, it was either, I think it might've been Hinduism or Buddhism. I'm not sure now. Anyway, very diverse group of people in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And you have to present material in such a way that it you know, it, that they can understand it, but get into the sciences. So you've got a lot of people who are on the fence. As soon as they're like, yeah, what is all this paranormal phenomena, bumbo jumbo nonsense? You know, I'm seeing stuff on TV. Well, let me, you know, do some classes on this. As soon as you would say, if, if I were to say, oh, and I'm a psychic medium, they would have been, they would have been gone. They would have just like gone out and said, okay, that, that's just way too woo-woo for me. So still there are prejudices out there. The odd part, I don't think it's ever going to really, really change for a lot of reasons. If you go back to literally the beginning of written history and looked at every culture around the globe, around the world, since the, since the beginning of, of written history, there are only two things that we all have in common, music and ghosts. Ah, that in itself speaks volumes, right? Yeah. So I think it's a conversation that is going to continue to wave. It's going to go up and down. Um, hopefully people are starting to, I think it's exposed television in particular has exposed people a lot more and made it easier to talk about these types of things. Yes. Um, but at the same time, it can kind of trap us because one of the first things, you know, in one of the classes that I'll start with is what I want to do here is get you to think outside of the box. And in this case, outside of the TV box, you know, and let's start looking at this topic matter in different ways and more all encompassing so that you're getting 
quantum physics, neurology. Let's look at the brain, the 101 ways your brain's going to trick you. Are you seeing what you're seeing? Let's look at the culture. Let's look at the really, you know, all these different aspects. Um, really, really trying to understand how and why, why or how is this crazy phenomena possible? Yeah. And from the other side of the veil, it might not be crazy at all. It's how they get through. They're breaking on through to the other side, to borrow from Jim Morrison. Right. You know, it's uh, it what's the, the thing that most a lot of people say, which is it's really what we call paranormal right now because of our lack of understanding um, is really normal. We just yes. we just don't understand it yet. This yes. is it's all normal part of everyday life. Yeah. It's just still in that inexplicable, mm-hmm. pr- you know, proof side, I guess. I'm going back and forth. There's a couple of things I want to bring up. We got about two minutes there. The first way it kind of puts a bow in this conversation. Mary, do you believe that when people are of, and I, I certainly can see your point where if you have a lot of negativity, addictions, whatnot, you know, bad ideation, and you die suddenly and you're on the other side, you're not you're not magically transformed into a singing angel in the choir of heaven. You've got stuff going on. Do you believe that is a good argument for reincarnation that we get to keep coming back because we have to work on all of these things, work on ourselves as a soul? I I think that it can be, it's all about choice because you can go on the other side and you can immediately go, okay, I see, you know, proverbial, I see the light and I want to take this in and learn it. But then I've had people who, oh my goodness, they're just sitting there. They were just still stuck exactly how they were in this world. And they're arguing with people on the other side, like, well, this just doesn't make any sense kind of a thing. So there's still that friction. Um, Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's possible. Let's go ahead and leave it at that. And we'll take that up because as long as you're willing, there will be another interview, a return engagement, the triumphant return of Mary Marshall. This has (laughs) been a blast. Please tell our listeners about, just in thumbnail form, Continuum. I'm sure it's available on Amazon or wherever good books are sold. Uh, Yeah, Continuum is available on Amazon. It is actually a fictional book, but it does involve time travel. Um, And used a lot of the things that I learned to put in that and create a fictional story. Um, and it's got some interesting twists in it that you have not, I at least have not yet seen in other books or in movies. So um, if you're looking for a really good story, I encourage people to search it out. And, Excellent. Your, and your website, once again, Mary. Oh, it's theparanormalmd.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today. This was a lot of fun. We look forward to talking with you. I love you guys. You again, good, good energy. So yes, absolutely, I will come back on. Yay! Okay, we have witnesses (laughs) both sides of the veil. We are going to go away now. It's been a great weekend already. This is wonderful, Mary. Meeting Mary Marshall, and gosh, we just hope you folks have a great weekend. We'll be back next Friday. Stay tuned for Jupiter Rising with our friend Eileen Grimes and stay tuned to 1150 AM whenever possible. We are glad you are here.